0: Hey, Queer and Love listeners, it's producer Stephen breaking in with a bonus episode from the Whispering Hunties podcast. Hosts Mijon Zulu and Nick Probst dive deep into the annals of RuPaul's Drag Race, and they graciously invited me and Diego on to kiki about the upcoming season of the show. We had a real good time taping with these queens, so we're interrupting your regularly scheduled programming to bring you this week's episode of Whispering Hunties. Enjoy!
1: Attention! Calling all whispering hunties. Oh. Okay. Hi, I'm Nijon, a self-proclaimed semi-drag race expert.
2: And I'm Nick. I've never watched it before. And together we are
1: Whispering Hunties.
2: Welcome back to Whispering Hunty's podcast. Hello, hello, welcome. Hope you're ready to whisper. Oh, um, <laughs> um, hi, Nick. How are you today? I'm doing pretty good, pretty good. Uh, how are you today? Are you I'm, I'm feeling chipper. I'm, I'm, I'm whispering
1: my huntie. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, my hunty won't stop whispering. Um, we um,
2: gotta get it looked at. <laughs>
1: Um, This hasn't actually happened yet because we're recording this episode a little bit ahead of time, but technically Christmas just happened, so I must be real happy.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's such a good Christmas in the
1: future. Um, so we're going to be taking uh, uh, a little break for the Christmas uh, weekend, but, um, uh, we're, but we're, we're giving you a fresh podcast, nonetheless. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know what? Speaking of love and Christmas time and happiness, um, I'm so glad that we have our guest today because it's one of those like kind of serendipitous experiences where you know you start a podcast and then you find out that someone's friend that you know is also podcasting, and then you come together yeah. to make a beautiful. Of a little podcast baby make a beautiful
2: little baby yeah and and it was so funny because this uh this podcast the the guests we're featuring today I totally didn't even realize I had already seen it on Instagram and didn't realize the connection <laughs> Very close so I know fun to explore. Uh-
1: so, just love. And speaking of love, our guests today um, are making a podcast all about love, specifically queer love. The mm. um, the Queer in Love podcast um, explores queer relationships from a queer lens and it's hosted by uh, Diego Amado, Um and um, each episode, he talks to queers to learn about how queer life and love thrive which is I think is so good. It's a positive message. Mm-hmm. Um, but also um, they talk about how queer love and queer life are impacted by popular culture, spirituality, race, family, state, and all the forces that shape our experiences as queer people across the spectrum of gender and diversity. I mean, wow. I mean, just talk about doing giving something to the children and the people that are, you know, mm-hmm. adults as
2: well. And hearing it from themselves mm-hmm. is so powerful.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, so our, our, our wonderful, handsome, lovely married, so yeah. don't don't try, um, wow. uh, host of the podcast, Diego, um, was actually um, uh, as, a, as a performer, dancer, high school teacher, museum curator's assistant, performance artist briefly, and is now a behavioral scientist bouncing around from coast to coast um, to the Midwest west and back again he's a doctor but not that type of doctor and he's a researcher a gentleman shares uh, two of jujube's three passions and lord i'm telling you it's not fried chicken because um he's been a vegetarian for 15 years
2: all <laughs> for the vegetarians out there i've been a vegetarian for about half that time but one of these days i'll reach my 15 years uh and the other uh that we have is Stephen Barker. Stephen is a marketing and communications director for a human services nonprofit organization in Chicago. He's an artist, graphic designer, writer, podcast producer. He's originally from Wichita, Kansas, just like me. And Stephen has called Chicago home for the past 12 years. Even though he's rewatched every season of Drag Race during quarantine, he can't remember any of the contestants' names or identifying characteristics because, in his own words, he's a dumb binge. (laughs) And that's okay. Hey, I get people confused in the episode I'm currently watching. So no, no shame there.
1: Oh, my God. Well, I just think it's so crazy that you literally were, like, sleeping on, you know, Stephen's couch, like, months ago or
2: whatever. Yeah, in September when I went to Chicago. <laughs> and, yeah, I was sleeping on his couch. So.
1: <laughs> and now he's on our podcast. So, uh, <laughs> apparently, the next time we both travel, we're going to basically, I mean, definitely, we're going to yeah. be trying to hang out with some of the people that we've met through this fantastic podcast. Oh,
2: absolutely. And any other couches we sleep on in the future, we'll just have to get them on the podcast. So.
1: <laughs> amazing um but yeah so we're so excited so without further ado we're gonna take a quick break and then uh be joined by steven and um diego diego steven welcome oh we lost Diego. hi (laughs) what's up
2: welcome there he is he was just down under the desk again
1: so welcome guys thank you Um, we're glad to be here oh Oh. y'all it's such a pleasure to have you we I mean, when I reached out, I had no idea that um, that Nick had already, like, basically, you know, lived in your apartment, uh, Stephen. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: I, intimately familiar with the couch. Um, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I wondered if you had made that connection or if you just found us by happenstance.
2: Um, well, it, I had already been following queer on love and uh on instagram i'm pretty sure okay and because it had been suggested to me and i was like oh okay cool yeah definitely and then i didn't realize until the emails between our podcast and your podcast that it was you Hello. my my fellow wichita uh boy and wichita kansas and friend in chicago whose couch i literally slept on just a couple months ago yeah <laughs>
1: Um, and I, I was really upset with Nick because I was like I was like, Why are you holding out on us? You have fun podcast, you
2: rude person. And well I, I- it's, it's a- been such a flurry because I come from like UCB in the New York com- comedy community, and uh, about everyone I know has started a podcast in the past uh, two months, but Ooh. we've been going for six months. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, you guys
0: are very productive. We, yeah, we're this is very new for us. So, so Nick, you're forgiven for not making that connection. Oh, thank you. <gasps> thank you so much.
2: Thank you so much.
3: And it took us about a year to get it off the ground. We started talking mm-hmm. about this a year ago, actually, pre pandemic. Mm-hmm. You know, floating ideas, making vision boards um, Oh Oh my god
1: You should should use the Whispering hunting method, I was like Hey Nick, do you want to do another podcast? Um, But this time we're going to do About Drag Race, and he was like, yep And I was like, okay,
2: see you next week (laughs) Yeah, oh totally, and I was just like Hey, just so you know, I've never watched it before And then we were like, oh wait Wait, that's not a bad thing, that could be like our thing Like you know everything about it, and I know nothing about it (laughs) Your angle
1: Can you tell us more about your podcast, Queer in Love? I feel like I feel like I'm going to therapy when I listen to it, Um, just listening to people like come into their own, talk about how they're dealing with love and just but also I think because it's specifically queer and because you go into intimate detail about the sexy time, um, I just it feels it feels very unique, but also so freeing to listen to. Well, thank you. That's
3: very
0: yeah. Good. Thank you, and it's really it's Diego's show. He's the host, so I feel like <laughs> Diego, you should you should uh, be the one plugging. Well, it's in.
3: also it's also your show. At the very end, the credits are read by Stephen, aka producer Stephen. Um, I so thank you for saying that. I really appreciate that. We put a lot of effort into a lot of thought into producing it. Um, and I like that you say that it sounds like therapy because I am a doctor, um, mm. uh, but not. That kind of doctor? I'm a doctor in the Dr. Jill Biden sense, which... Which is uh, just
2: as cool and legit. Which is
3: a doctor. I mean, the funny thing is, and I have to say this as publicly as possible, because no one who is an academic is out there telling people that they have to call them doctors. <laughs> when somebody tells us that we're not real doctors, then we're like, no, f- you, we are doctors, okay? Do you know what I mean? So there's this fantasy that people are out there saying, demanding to be called doctors. It's not true. No one I know... Who has a PhD is out there demanding to be called doctor. Uh, wait,
0: but you've asked me to call you Doctor Diego for years. <gasps>
3: that's true, but that's that's a different. There's a different reason. For that. <laughs> wow. Um, <laughs> no, that's he's lying. Uh, I've never done that. So Stephen and I talked about this because I, I like listening to podcasts a lot, and I like listening to queer podcasts. But a lot of the the podcasts about. Uh, queer stories were around coming out or sort of the difficulties of being queer, which I think is important and definitely needs to be out there. Um, But I wanted more uh, content about just people's stories um, and, and sort of relationship stories. And a lot of the queer relationship podcasts are very advice driven. So it's people saying, you know, this is what you should do if you want a partner or if you're having this difficulty, this is what you should do. And I didn't I'm obviously not qualified for that. Um, obviously. Op- <laughs> obviously. <laughs> Damn, Stephen. Uh, you're fired. <laughs> Doing this for the public. Um, so I wanted to collect stories and create a kind of archive of people's uh, approaches to love, queer people's approaches to love, and really think about, you know, is queer love unique? Is it different from heterosexual, heteronormative love? And how... Um, and so we're sort of starting that we've only had, you know, we've had, there's the fifth episode came out today and we're hoping to just keep going. And, and cause every, you know, I like collecting stories. Um, and I think people really enjoy talking about their love stories, right? Mm-hmm. Um, be they in a relationship or, or single.
1: No, I definitely think that, um, in, in, a, in a, in a really interesting way, the story of how people fall in love is just as important as like the maintenance of the relationship because that's that's almost the reality that you live into. If you don't have a good falling in love story, it becomes harder to like understand why you're still in the relationship <laughs> because you're like almost trying to like build back to that initial moment. Mm-hmm. That idea of like falling in love is is so it's so critical to to understand that like that's possible for the listener and for the queer person that's listening to it. Cause I, I always, I always think of like podcasts as like this weird way in which the average person or like in, in which like humans are able to talk about their experience and then to enjoy it a little bit more. Like that's, that's like the intimacy of a podcast for me.
3: I like that a lot. Yeah. And I think that's, that's definitely what we're putting into the podcast, that kind of developing an intimacy with the folks that we talk to. Um, and there's and they're edited down, right? Because we talk to people for an hour and forty five, and then we make two twenty five minute episodes. So there's stuff that doesn't make it. Wow, uh,
1: you guys episode.
3: are good because,
0: <laughs> um, wow, yeah. it's, an, it's, a, it's a heavy lift on the editing side.
1: I know. I, like, <laughs> editing is the worst. I mean, you can you can see. I'm like I like I spent hours I editing, and I'm basically lazy because our episodes are like over an hour.
0: Uh, <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but I don't like listening to an hour and a half of someone talking about their relationship. Ooh. It's like when someone tries to describe a dream to you, and you're like, Oh yeah, oh, here we go. <laughs> um,
3: and it's not just relationships, right? We talk about who they are as individuals as well, and of course, mm-hmm. you know, our last guest is single, so it's all about him. Um, I
1: love I love that episode, um, but you know what I also think I love that you're doing this like Jedi mind trick with the listeners because if the episode comes out in parts, even if you just come for one, you kind of have to come back for the second one. Oh yeah, that's yeah. smart.
4: Uh, that's, um, that drives um, up engagement, I'm sure.
3: <laughs> well, because I think of Stephen was saying it's it's snackable, uh, mm-hmm. but also you can binge it if you want. You know, mm-hmm. so we give people the choice. Do you want to binge a 50 minute? Uh, you know, interview or do you want to, you know, do you only have time for a 25 minute one? So they get to, they get to choose their own adventure kind of.
2: Oh, that's great. Yeah.
3: And I have to credit my husband, Kyle with, with that hashtag hubby Kyle <gasps> uh, came up with that idea of, cause our first, the first draft that we had for the first episode um, was 15 minutes long. And both Cedar and I were like, this is great. It's, you know, we really got everything from this conversation. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> and then, my husband listened to it, and he's like, "It's kind of long," and he liked it. He oh, like wow. he liked everything in it, but he said, "Why don't you break it up into two? Because then people can kind of choose." And and then when I brought it to Stephen, he was like, "That's actually genius." And so we we kept it. Um, does he have a, Does he, he have a doctorate well. as well? No, but he actually okay. he does. So he smart. is in
1: healthcare, uh, but he's not oh. a doctor. Oh, okay, wow, well, oh, gotcha. that's so funny. So back 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 to you <laughs> two. So um, so question: So are you both are you both queer in love at this moment in time?
0: Queer? Yes, oh, queer awesome. in love, and um, you know, we're like I'm. I'm like an old maid of queer love.
1: I know, right? If you date for more than a year, you basically like you're basically like an old married couple in the in the queer world.
0: Yeah, I've been with my husband for almost 15 years. So wow, 15 years. Is this a Midwest thing? <laughs> Sorry, I kind of think it is. Honestly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah.
2: I was like. Uh, In my early 20s, in a quest for a monologue,
0: add the
3: shade rattle there.
2: Yeah, (laughs) oh, I think we're I I think (laughs) growing up in the Midwest, we're definitely conditioned to see traditionalism. So, even if we come out, uh, when we come out as queer, that we still will like subscribe to the heteronormativity and traditionalism. You should Um, come on our podcast, Nick. Well, I'd love Mm. to. Are you a queer in love? You and Kyle. Oh yeah, my Kyle. Yeah, oh. I, I I too yeah. have a Kyle, but we're not married, so I can't do hashtag hubby Kyle.
3: And also Mijan, you should also.
2: I'll do I'll do it I'll do
1: a singles episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And I've been I've been with my husband for eight years. Now. Oh. I'm telling you, this is a Midwestern thing because you met you uh, mm-hmm. Nick met his. Um, his fiancé um, in wherever, where was it in Wichita? Well,
2: we didn't meet until, well, we interacted in person one time about a few weeks before I moved out here, um, which was eight years ago. And then uh, we just were talking after that online. We found each other, like, within a month after I'd moved. And I was like, oh, yeah, it's that guy that I Aww. made laugh at Express at the mall.
1: Uh, okay, but my question was, where did you meet him? Did you meet him on the East Coast or did you meet him not on the East Coast?
2: We met in Kansas one time, and exactly.
1: then him. Around- exactly. Thank you. Point made. Um, <laughs> well, what I
3: me. I didn't mean. I, I met my husband when I was living in Philadelphia, so I don't know. Ooh, I'm also not okay. from the Midwest. Okay, but did
1: you gotcha. did you did you move? Did you move there with him? Yeah, he came. To, he came here with me. I got a job here. And yeah. Moved. See, there's something in the water. Point made.
2: Um, Against <laughs> <laughs> Midwesterners, we just but, love to settle down. I guess. So, so, theory is proven. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So, what is
1: what is your what is your plan for the podcast? Like, I mean, I mean, you you obviously thought it up. Um, how? What, what? Where do you see it going?
0: Well, I I'd thought that we would produce these first, like, six and kind of see how it goes, um, see what kind of listenership we get. Um, and it's been good so far. So um, I think we'll keep going. Um, in our trailer, Diego says that we want to start to add more segments and... Um, you know, kind of create more of a community around the podcast, so I think there's more to come. We're still kind of whiteboarding what that's going to look like um mm-hmm. but the the heart of the show is really the interviews with diego and and our guests and, and that will always be there so um but yeah i, I we we're enjoying it we're gonna keep going that's awesome <laughs> Diego do you do you <laughs> do you have different plans
3: okay, yeah, I think uh, what, uh, what Steven was saying really the heart of the of the podcast is is um having these intimate moments with the guests collecting their stories and then sharing their stories with the world, right? Because queer stories are both very different uh, one from the other, but also they, they share certain things. And that's what we're kind of trying to showcase, right? Um, there's difficulties that are societal, that are relational that have to do with the way that you grow up, etc. cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's also lots of beauty there in the stories. So I think we, we try to, and we try to kind of strike a balance between, it's not an actual therapy session, um, but we do talk about uh, kind of profound, intimate moments in people's lives. Um, but it's also a little jokey. Like I, you know, I think that's kind of how I am, also as a person. So least, oh, yes. yeah, in, my, in my hosting, you know, I'm like a little silly, so but jockey. I also, I am. Yes, I am. I am. I'm, there's this meme that we're gonna put up soon. I think on the Instagram that says like, "I make gay jokes because I am a gay joke." Um, <laughs> I am a joke, but I'm you know, but I also really care about finding out about people and and <laughs> listening to their stories and stuff. So I think that we strike that balance, and that's I think that'll be what really is the core of the podcast moving forward.
1: It's so funny because you know what? When I listen to the podcast, it kind of sounds like a therapy session because you have that like calm kind of like tell me about blah blah blah, like no judgment <laughs> in the tone of the voice, yeah. and then <laughs> but then there's also this beautiful like storytelling element to it. Our our, our um is is that is that just a product of the synergy between the two of you
0: well we both have like a theater background i was a theater uh, music theater major and 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 diego definitely has you know a performing, performing arts background and so i think we kind of bring that um kind of uh theatricality and and storytelling ethos that comes from you know trying to capture an audience and and keep their attention
3: but yeah i think that we definitely want to capture the audience um and and get salacious. Uh, we do get a little salacious. So, I, you know, we always tell, uh, you know, we want people to listen to the episode before they come on because we do, and I mentioned this in the trailer and I mentioned this in the opening. Sometimes we'll talk about kink and sometimes we'll talk about, you mm-hmm. know, being raised Christian. Uh, other times we'll talk about, you know, a, a failed relationship that they've had. But then we'll also talk about, um, you know, farting on each other as a way of showing love. Uh-huh. So it's it's very very. <laughs> oh, you know, I, I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. No, the farting, the farting, is not a kink. It's just like a. You'll you listen to I'm episode. Kidding, is that I'm episode three or four?
2: Three, so I
1: think, think it's three, yeah. right? I mean, um, that is that is a true sign of intimacy. When you start farting <laughs> on someone, you like. Oh, totally. yeah, that's, yeah. I, that's, I think that's, that's yes. a, That is
2: a, like a benchmark in relationships. Oh I, I, I got, in front like, of my roommate, and
1: I was like, oh my god, we're like close friends well and everyone um get into queer in love podcast uh, um give it a listen I mean you'll, you'll come for one episode and then you'll literally have to stay um or else you won't hear the end you. of the
2: story <laughs> they're just snackable 25 minute episodes so no reason not to
3: yeah I'm just I'm, like us <laughs> Ooh, we are We're all snackable, snackable 25
2: minutes long. long yeah no that's a good line <laughs> That is
1: not a good length. I need a good hour if you and add proper foreplay. I'm just saying. Um, did you know no,
3: there's, there's stats for there's stats for regular uh, sexual interaction? Least, I think this is for mostly for straight men, but they're, like, paltry. It's really...
1: Oh, yeah. It's, wow. like, it's just in and out, you know? Yeah. Yeah.
3: 25 minutes is, a, you know, success. <laughs> that, that is not, weird. you know... That it's that a is snack. Not. It's a snack. It's a snackable. It's a snackable. Yeah, that's
1: <laughs> <laughs> That is not queer love. But, anyway, you so... You need a queer- Lunchable... <laughs> <laughs> um, yes <laughs> okay so look up queer in love podcast queer in love pod on instagram and um let's let's change gears a little bit guys um yeah. because you know the drag race is mm. um is happening and you and you live in chicago right
0: yes yeah Chicago guys.
1: I mean, as far as I heard, there was basically a big reckoning between, like, the different um, ethnicities of drag performers and, mm-hmm. like, who got to perform where in Chicago, which mm-hmm. is, I mean, pretty profound.
0: Yeah. Um, this summer, there was some really uh, just kind of, like, big milestone moments, I think, in the the Chicago drag scene. Um, you know, I attended some of the protests uh, where some of the, the drag performers were. When we're speaking, but we,
3: we went together. To yeah,
0: and you know, some of my favorite Chicago drag queens are you know the 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 women you know the girls of color. How 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 would you say that for a drag queen? Um,
3: black girl magic. They're black. They, black the show girl magic. That, yeah. So the Vixen has this show, uh, Black Girl Magic, which is great, and and went it went digital. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think one of the big things that happened, and and I think what Stephen was saying too about the protest was really it was really powerful. Shea. Uh, Oh, God. it was really, there's this video that went viral of Shay speaking at um, this rally in, in Boys Town because Boys Town 2 has, and we talk about actually about this and sorry, that we just released from our podcast. Uh, it's a very white space. Um, mm-hmm. There's been a lot of instances of racism that have happened in Boys Town, white gay men specifically. Yeah. And so having the rally in Boystown Town at a time when people were protesting police violence, racist police violence, anti-black violence, and sort of making it about uh, making it local was really crucial. Um, yeah, and I think that was really powerful. And then the reckoning happened because, I think, as you're saying, Mijan, uh, it it was about where queens could perform, but also how queens, especially new queens and new black queens, how they were being treated by mm-hmm. the kind of more established drag queens, specifically T-Rex, who has been a drag kind of doyen, you know, for I don't even know, like fifteen years or something Maybe at least this. as long as
0: I've lived in Chicago.
3: Yeah. yeah, so yeah. So maybe 15 years or so. Um, and and T-Rex now kind of has taken a huge step back because, uh, you know, there was a town hall and T-Rex did not react well. Um, he was looking at and, her phone uh, the whole
0: time, just like totally checked out.
3: You know, and well, so it, it wasn't, there wasn't a good engagement with, with, you know, the very valid points that the black drag community was making.
1: I I I watched some of that, and I think that like part of it, it was it's like it was a lot coming at this one person at once. So I do understand that like there must have been a lot to process there, but I do think it was nice to see that like T Rex at least was like, okay, let me step aside and kind of like give space. And that's what yeah. I mean about like passing the mic. It's almost like sometimes in order to. Level the playing field. You kind of do have to say, "I'm not going to take every opportunity to be in control." You have to yeah. give up
0: that power, and that's hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it was also a reckoning, I think, with, with the bars, you know, and the spaces oh, yeah. where where you encounter drag performance. Um, you know, it's just calling out every bar, <laughs> and there was yeah. a lot. There cool. was a lot of that.
3: Too. Well, on uh, bars, there was always reports of bars. Like there was this one, I can't remember the name of it now. I forgot. It's, it's, I've stricken it from my memory. Uh, although I also never went there. Uh, but it was a bar in Boystown, and apparently the manager once said, "You know, don't play any hip hop or R and B because then we'll get black customers, and we don't want."
2: Uh, right. Yeah. I remember hearing something about that, or or relegating mm. black queens or or hip hop music only to a night that was hosted by a black Certain queen. Night.
3: Yeah, one of the employees sort of blew a whistle on that.
2: Yeah, yeah. And they would only let it happen. And it's like, that's part of the bad. That's a mm. bad part of the plot of Hairspray. Like, that's the villain uh, That's the villain storyline.
3: Bringing <laughs> it, it back sure. to musical theater. Yeah. yeah. And also,
0: like, we have a really cool uh, organization um, on Halstead where Boys Town is. It's the center on Halstead, which, mm-hmm. um, you know, a lot of, like, Black youth um, have kind of, you know, it's, it's a safe space for them to be. And I remember mm-hmm. working in Boys Town years ago and people complaining about how, you know, oh, it brought too many of these kids from the south side around to to Halstead oh, yeah. and, and, you know, they're they're crowding and gathering on the street and yeah. I don't feel safe. And so I just think, you know, it, boy it was like way past due for this neighborhood to like mm-hmm. get shaken up. Yeah. Um, and so that was just a really cool thing to see. I, I hosted it has lasting power. And by the way, it's not supposed to be Boys Town anymore. It's uh <gasps> North Halstead, Noha.
3: What the hell? I heard like Queertown was another. Well, that's not settled yet. Like who? Rainbow Uh, Town.
1: Can we? Can we? Can we just at least keep it like closer to the original name? I. I mean, I can understand giving up the like you know the the genderness of the Boys Town. Could be Boys Town. But I mean, so for anyone that has not been to Chicago, um, Boys Town is in the northern part of the city. Um, Northern Chicago, I guess, is more traditionally seen as like a more affluent yeah. part of uh, Chicago. Yeah. And um, it it's both very freeing to have a boys town because it literally feels like you're in this like small town within Chicago. That's mm. very queer. Um, but then at the same time, like if you compare boys town to other gay establishments elsewhere, it feels like it's, like outside of Boys Town, they're kind of like hidden. Like there's there's some gay bar in the middle of Chicago that like the windows are like blacked out. And I was like, ooh, that's a little scary. Mm-hmm. Um, and whereas like in Boys Town, it just feels like there's like bar after bar after bar after bar. So you just feel like, it's almost like going to Fire Island, but it's like in
2: your city. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. but yeah, it's like yeah. a street instead of a boardwalk. Yeah. Yeah, and multiple streets.
3: Yeah, um, and we, again, check out, Queer in Love, episode five. Uh, oh we God. do talk about this. Um, yeah. yeah, no, with Chicago, I mean, we, I think Stephen and I both really like Chicago. Um, it's a great city. We do want to see um, more Chicago queens win RuPaul's Drag Race.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, oh, my God. Okay, let's transition again back to more Drag Race. Um, we're going to play a little yes. game because... We want to see who you know, because we've been having a lot of trouble figuring out who the hell these new queens are. Um, (laughs) So the game is called Who Them? And um, um, are you familiar with Who Weekly at all? I'm familiar with your game because um, I listen to your
3: podcast. Oh, thank
1: you. Um, so in life, um, we have who's and we have them's. And them's are people that we know. So we we know we know Diego from, you know, the Queer in Love podcast. We know Stephen as the producer. I mean, these people are celebrities. So you guys are them's, okay? Um, <laughs> now, some people like who would be like, oh, what do they do? Uh, do they even have a podcast? Like, I don't know. So that's a who. Um, so... <laughs>
3: (laughs) They live in Whoville. Mm
1: -hmm. They live in Whoville, okay? And it's not even Christmas. With everybody else, we don't
3: know.
2: Okay, so we're
1: going to look in, so we're going to take a look to see um, who we know from the newest season, uh, the newest upcoming season, or, or at least one of the two of Drag Race Denali. Them. Them. She, she's, I mean, she, apparently she's an Alaskan queen, but apparently she is in Chicago.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
3: Have you been?
1: Have you watched? Have you consumed?
3: Yeah. She's like known as a dancer, uh, very much like a performer. So yeah, no, Denali. Oh, wow. Yeah. 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 No, we know, we know, we know her.
1: We know Um, Denali. Okay. She's an artiste. Interesting. Mm -hmm. (laughs)
2: With two teeth, bring back my. (laughs) 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 See, that's what we're kind of. That's what we're kind of getting with with her.
3: Oh, that's the one from Vegas, right? I think we saw. Yeah, Vegas. Yeah,
0: yeah. I saw that. Meet the Queen. She just looked like a deer in the headlights in the promos.
1: (laughs) About. I you know what I here's the thing. She she definitely is gonna give you a little bit of southern charm, even though she's from uh Vegas. And I think that's gonna be like a little breath of fresh air. We, we don't always get enough of the South. And I mean Heidi mm. brought it, but like there's there's just something about Southern charm.
0: Yeah, Southern is one thing, Southwest is another thing. Southwest <laughs> is like that's like um strip malls and oh, gambling shit. and
2: you know. And oh, then a thought thought machine. Yeah, I'm surprised I didn't see like a turquoise pendant anywhere. <laughs> oh, wow. God.
3: She is a white woman <laughs> in the desert. So, you know, yeah. so she's, she's gonna do something with very turquoise at some
0: point. Yeah. yeah. They love yeah. that. No, but I will I'll hold out my judgment for Elliot with teeth. Yeah, I, no, same. I just I'm, yeah. I, 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 so love, so... I love this look.
1: Joey J. Mayor of Whoville. Mayor of Whoville. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, trade of the season, apparently, but, right. I mean, oh.
2: mm. we we looked through his Instagram. and okay. uh, There's some there's some gems in there.
1: Mm. Yeah! All right. Like thirst
0: gems or like, <laughs> like drag He tracks? has
2: like a six pack? Oh. Well, both. Uh, oh, we haven't absolutely. seen a six pack. Oh, yeah. Absolutely.
0: absolutely. Oh, okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah, awesome. I
1: mean, I feel like in order to be a thirst trap, you must at least have like four abs. <laughs> Somewhere.
3: You know. What about one? Just one, no on more.
2: <laughs> yeah, just one. I got one uh, on the back of my head. Actually, it's weird. Yeah, it's like yeah. A third
3: nipple. <laughs> got Mick. Them. Oh.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Sorry, who? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Brid. Divided response. I'm excited for the people who say who forgot Mick because oh, you have such a fun journey ahead of you getting to know this queen.
3: Yeah, Godmic is cool. Godmic um, is a makeup artist to mm-hmm. stars, and I think, uh, and then their Instagram blew up from that, like getting tagged on stars' Instagrams, mm-hmm. and they and they are queen, um, and the first trans man to be on that,
0: which is huge. Oh yeah, this um, is gonna be cool,
1: amazing. And it's um, and that's
0: what I know about them.
1: Yeah, I mean, we we don't know a lot, but there's something so fascinating to. To see gender just, um, to to see, to see like a a trans man doing. Trans. I love it. Do you know what I mean? I like, yeah. Just,
0: yeah. Oh, I think it's great. Yeah. But mm. it also it's kind of like um, now it almost feels like, oh, yeah, that seems like, a, you know, this has always been a thing that's, you know, mm-hmm. that's just normal. Mm-hmm. But like, go back to those early scenes of, drag race when it was just like such a dramatic moment and mm. it when someone like came out as trans yeah. and now it just feels like oh okay yeah and I, I
2: think that's yeah a hallmark of the acceptance it's... that we should be arriving at for sure know? yeah,
3: um, yeah. And i don't think, and I, think I don't think it's fully mixed... there yet because we no, like, wish no, you know yeah. so i think it is i think being being true to yourself mm-hmm in that way. So publicly, I think it is still scary. I think it's very courageous. So, oh, I, you know, yeah, I don't, I, I think it, I think it's, I think, I mean, I, I don't want to say, I don't even know if it's dramatic. I think it is, I think it is intense, you know? and I, Yeah. I,
0: and that's the point I was going to make is then like, you step back and you're like, Oh my God, this is like a first. And this is really so cool. and And I take it for granted that this is still like, you know, it's still such a big deal. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And I think
3: a lot We're... of fans will also be challenged, which is good, because a lot of fans are still,
2: you know... Oh, toxic. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're know, think, think... Yeah, until... Oh, okay. sorry.
1: No, no, no. I, I was just going to add that I think part of what the show offers the countries that have their own local version, talk about like local sports teams mm-hmm. um is it it gives us a chance to talk about these things. So we wouldn't be talking yeah. about what it is like for a trans man to then do drag and or for a for like a a femme trans man. like we wouldn't be we wouldn't be trying to wrap our heads around that idea if we didn't have it on the show. Mm-hmm. and um, but when we watched Drag Race Holland, what we found was it was, like, years behind mm. our show. And we feel like mm-hmm. our show is, like, needs to catch up. Like, they were having trouble even wrapping their heads around what transgender means or yeah. what non-binary means. In there, Holland? and Holland? Yes. Were,
2: yeah, and there are two non-binary queens in the Holland cast. And it was really gross to see the judges on uh, they do have spoilers they had a uh, uh, like half and half look and the judges were like insisting that it had to be half man half woman mm-hmm. and so some of the non-binary queens were saying well I really don't like that and I'm so proud of them because they didn't stick uh, to that. Yeah. They still pushed the boundary even though the judges had a bit of backward views on it. Yeah.
1: Mm. are the halls famous in Chicago yeah Yeah. these are hometown queens Um, Mm -hmm. I mean are there like 50 halls
3: (laughs) (laughs) well it's like um, you know O'Hara Bevington Excelsior you know the house has so many
1: Iman blah blah blah
3: yeah no kamora has been around for a minute yeah Uh, I'm interested to see
1: how she'll do on the show is Mm. she Jada Essence Hall's drag daughter or drag sister I think sister I don't know if they've I don't know what the pecking order is but
0: yeah they the related house, the house hierarchies I I can't I, yeah. I, I don't have the bandwidth for that. Well,
3: more than I mm. you think of it as a genealogy. Yeah. There you go. Oh, Sorry. Yes. Yeah.
1: You know what I would love? If you know anyone that has the family tree, please let us know because we need to find out who all the other Halls are because oh, they I'd all love look amazing. That. I'm uh, sure there's an
0: infographic somewhere. <laughs> uh-huh. so
3: that should, I would love to have that on a poster and put it oh, on my yeah. wall. Oh, mm-hmm. we could make
2: a million bucks. Okay, coming soon. Whispering go. Hunties research. Drag Genealogy Posters. I about my research the House <laughs> of Hall. <Paul. laughs> How have my research
3: uh, abilities to work. Yes, please. There's please. do some archival research. <laughs> Thank you. I would love that, actually. Where's the grant for that? Candy Muse them
2: who mm-hmm. <laughs> oh wow you're the you're the first who for candy muse really well, yeah. yeah
3: well she's we
0: pretty left New York City. <laughs> when i saw her promo i was like oh i should know who this is because she's such like a loud she seems like you know wild. personality this dress wild. also
3: this promo dress is amazing too
1: mm. yeah hair yeah, I mean, look, she's she's like the next Miss Vanjie. She's an international superstar that's gonna like win our hearts over with her attitude. I mean, it's it's already clear. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I've
3: seen her. She was on with Dahlia and Aja on a Hey Queen episode, you know, the Johnny McGovern mm-hmm. YouTube talk show. R.I.P. Uh, Lady Red. R.I.P. Yeah, you know, it's just really, really tragic. There's some mm-hmm. I mean, both her and Gigi uh You know, passing away this year has been very sad. I think they're iconic, iconic queens. Um, It really, I think they're you know drag queens in many ways are pillars of the the gay community. Absolutely. So losing them is sad. Very sad.
1: Um, Yeah, but um, Miss Candy Muse is coming in with body and um, body, 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 and her aesthetic is so elevated. And I'm just, I'm really glad to see this on the show. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited for Candy Muse, yeah. Yeah, okay, so future them for some, um, already them <laughs> for most people, because we're not alone in the VIP. We're with Candy. Utica Queen. Uh, who?
3: No, I, I don't, I don't want to say who, because this queen looks super interesting, but I, mm-hmm. I, mean, I had never heard of them before. I actually at first thought it, it was Utica, New York, um, in upstate New York, but mm-hmm. no, apparently it's not. She's not, I it's one of the, of the other
2: moon. Utica's somewhere in the middle right. of nowhere. <laughs> she's, I, she's from like Minnesota or something, right? Yeah. Yes, yeah. I think yeah. I think they put her as a Minneapolis queen, possibly. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She's
1: she's bringing in the geographic uh, diversity and yeah. Um, yeah. has her, and and has her own aesthetic because of it. And I think mm-hmm. what we're finding is that sometimes when we have queens from places that are lesser known. They've just gotten this chance to just create their their own aesthetic. And has there been a queen from from Minneapolis before?
3: No,
2: I think, think she's the
1: first. Yeah, she's maybe oh, the wow. first, right? Yeah. Yeah. I oh. want more rural queens. I want
2: more rural yeah. queens who've never yeah. been to a city. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's been
3: there's been a there's been a few actually, in the, well, you haven't watched the regular seasons, right? So yeah. you'll see. Mm-hmm. I want a queen from
0: Colby, Kansas. Yes. Yes. yes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the,
0: it, 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 I
2: want a queen from Hallstead. Trust, me, trust mm-hmm. me,
1: Paul's drag race is looking for it. If you if you want to come from a major yeah. city, it's really hard. But if you come from the middle of nowhere and you can mm-hmm. like put makeup on your face, you, you make it. it on the show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I want a All queen
3: right. from Mulan, Idaho, population three hundred.
1: I'm not ready for that. Imagine. Lallarie. <laughs> La Who? Mm. Cool. Um, yeah, that's a, yeah. I don't
2: know. She looks, she so looks great, cute, but it's a who. oh, she's yeah. super cute, this is a, right? Yeah, the she's, a young, she's a younger yeah. queen, so if it's a who, that that's forgivable. Um, yeah. I mean, people people in her own city
1: may be like, "Who's that?" But you know what? Now yeah. she's somebody. Olivia Lux. Who?
3: Yeah. Who? And she's she really
0: familiar, though. So Maybe. she's really like super new to drag, right?
1: Yeah,
3: I mean, this
0: is like back-to-back
1: new queens. These queens have been doing drag for such a short time, and then COVID happened, so, like, there's no way that anyone knows who this is. But we will know.
0: (laughs) We will soon know. And, I mean they made it on the show so yeah, they yeah. got to be bringing something to the table I, I just
1: hope she gets to play piano on the show cuz apparently she's a musician Ooh, she's a
2: musician that would be yeah. so cool. oh i hope I they do a talent yeah i hope they do a talent show that would be dope. Too. and that's something i just want to comment with these like new queens back to back it's kind of hopeful for people out there cuz it's like if you started tomorrow you could be on RuPaul's Drag Race in 2 3 years yeah
1: like, mm, i don't know about that
3: there's a lot of the pearl didn't have a lot of experience, mm-hmm. and then claimed New York when, well,
0: whatever.
1: But they kind of uh, cast it that the way they always want to have like one or two queens that are fresh, so like, that they yeah. can like everyone can hate on them,
0: so they can hate them. Yeah, they need yeah. they need that conflict for sure. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Rose There Here she is. Who? Cool.
2: Okay. <laughs> yeah. Wow.
3: I know y'all are friends with her, which is what, but I actually I I actually do had not. I actually didn't, had not heard of Roseanne until, mm-hmm. until Stephen told me about her.
0: Then, then, then we actually tried to get. Uh, <laughs> we no, tried
3: don't to... say it. Don't say
0: it. What? We tried. Know. We tried to get her on the show and um, yeah, on Queer in Love, um, with her boyfriend, her very cute boyfriend, oh. and and she was like, actually, um, my life is about to change really dramatically. Oh, that's huge. Um, and so ask me again in like a year. I'm like, honey, in a year. You are not. <laughs> time mm-hmm. for She's gonna
3: say podcast. who about Stephen Barker. <laughs> yeah. So,
2: well, exactly. I mean, at least Stephen Stephen you Barker got
3: who? At <laughs> well,
2: least you maybe? got a response because my messages have gone unanswered. So that's will okay. Be, but I feel like I don't have, Rose have per-
1: until Rosé yeah, finally yeah, yeah. acknowledges that Nick is a human being. Yeah. <laughs>
2: right, right, right. <laughs> well, I, well, I don't have. A, I didn't get a performance degree, so that's why we weren't as close <gasps> when we were in school together. I feel like you definitely know. Rose Day better than me. Well, I don't know because we, yeah, we were at school at the same time. We like went to the same parties, same friends, but we were never like closey close. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's all.
0: But definitely the... no, definitely no Rose Day. Um, yeah. and I know. Followed, followed her her drag career um, mm-hmm. yeah. from the beginning, and seeing her look like a, a busted, skinny, muscly man uh, yep, yep. to this like glamazon.
2: Yeah, I remember the first time being like, cool. whoa, when she did the Lady Liberty look, the yes. Central Liberty. I was yeah, like, that's... that's really good. And that was the first time I was like, okay, Rose's fucking glowing up. You know?
3: Yeah, I remember those pictures, like um, like Jawbreaker, Fern Mayo, her.
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
3: Find those old pictures. But nobody got that reference. No. Some old-ass queens are going to know that reference, so... <laughs> Jawbreaker is a movie from the late 90s. Oh, no, yeah, I I, I, love
1: I, it. I just didn't understand what you were saying. Jawbreaker was amazing. Can. It has, like, Rose McGowan and they, you, like... Yeah,
3: yeah. No, you know when, when they... When Fern Mayo becomes Valette, Judy Greer? Oh, yes. And then she's, like, fabulous. Oh, and when she, they make her
1: over into a popular girl.
3: Yes, but then she, like, defies Rose McGowan's character <laughs> and they plaster all of the lockers with an old picture of her looking like Fern, her <laughs> oh, her, real, yeah. her real self. <laughs> and then she, like, hits... She, like, passes out and hits her head and... <laughs> Anyway, this is all very elaborate. Just, oh like, my God. Eliminate all this. <laughs> <laughs> <That> <laughs> this be... Joke did not land.
0: Okay. No. But yeah, me and Nick went to college with with uh, with Rose and mm-hmm.
2: um, we're very excited for her. Uh, our little.
0: Hometown heroes gonna yeah. be
2: a big star. Oh, because it's even back then. It was like something like this will happen for you. You know, oh, one hundred percent. You saw yep. it all the way back then, like just Aww. star power. Oh, seriously. And, yeah. And what we
0: were you? What you were talking about with like the trajectory? Um, you know, of of her going from like. You know where she started to where she ended up and mm-hmm. that's like the same for all the things that Rose has who we know is Ross has has done I mean I remember starting in jazz class their first like jazz dance class freshman year they came in and I just remember I remember him just like going all out. Um, that, like from day one and like struggling to the steps and like paying so close attention to the instructor, and like by the end of it was like out dancing everybody in the class, mm-hmm. um, and just I've always seen that like determination from her. um, I keep saying I'm like interchanging the pronouns they him her, that's mm-hmm. yeah, uh, pretty exactly, and it's out. fine
1: because yeah. the character itself is has its own gender and the person is has it, you know, I mean, these sure. things are not exclusive. You can say they. Yeah.
3: Um, they. Wait, but I want to see Steven do some jazz moves. That's what
2: I want to <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Th- then we'll post video of this. Oh my god, you have video?
3: Please. Simone. Who? There's uh, another one that I, I want to know, but I don't. God. I know that they're in the... Same house as Gigi Good, I think. Yeah, in yeah. yeah. House of Avalon. Yeah, she mentions that Gigi made that hair, which is amazing. That's mm-hmm. kinda yeah. all mm-hmm. I know about Simone. But I do want to know more for sure.
0: Tamisha Iman.
3: Uh, no. <laughs> that's who...
0: Yeah. And and it kind of bad for her in the uh, in the promos. Oh. I, I don't I just like Do you ever ever, like see someone and like you like your 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 like empathy alarms go off like immediately? Yeah. I I I kind of felt that way when I saw. I was like because she's really experienced. Yes. Yeah. And um.
1: That's all they let her talk about.
0: Right. Yeah. And I was just. Shade rattle. Shade
2: rattle. What kind of edit is this person gonna get? And
1: Mm.
2: um, I worry too. And I I worry about. Uh, people sending an experienced queen home first. I don't know. It's
1: it's very like vivacious and pork chop. Mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> let's not make let's not make assumptions about how she's going to do. Uh,
1: totally, totally. I think that the she said that she's Lala Rees drag mother. She's Lala Rees drag mother, right. and mm-hmm. I wonder, mm-hmm. isn't Mercedes Diamond also Nimon? Mm. She's Mercedes Iman Diamond,
3: so I, I don't know. Yeah, maybe they're also. Uh, yeah, I don't. That's
1: what I mean. So I I feel like these Iman's are like a big drag family from the what? south. You know, kind of like Andrews. Um, so um, we shall see. But I I know she's gonna show up some people, so I don't. I'm yeah. not worried. Tina Burner. <laughs> who. I've heard that name, but
3: I don't M-ish. know anything about I don't really
0: her. Her Instagram like has been like popped up in my discovery and I remember like scrolling through and that, that's so I guess who, so. Yeah. And
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, this is a huge them for moi. So.
0: Okay. Yeah.
1: Take a bite out of all this juiciness. Um, she's she's amazing, and she's been killing it in New, in New York forever, and um, we we just all love her, and I'm so sad that I could no longer, like, when the pandemic's over and when my favorite bars reopen, I'm so pissed that I can't go watch Tina Burner on, a, like, a Saturday afternoon mm-hmm. uh, or go to, like, one of her drag bunches and just, I mean... <laughs> I, I actually remember that the the first time I saw... Because I'd heard about Tina Burner. The first time I saw her perform was at a drag bunch for my friend's um, boyfriend. Oh. And um, they... Um, it's so weird. So they were like, who in here is a, a drag queen out of drag at the thing and then i got called out for being it i don't know why um and i was like i'm not but then the guy that was was actually a guy that i'd gone on a date with and he had ghosted me that was sitting in the corner <laughs>
2: uh, oh my wow. god oh my god <laughs>
1: Um, and so I had no idea that he did drag, but then, um, and what's so funny is we kept on running into each other for like years. And then we ended up finally like hooking up like a couple, like last Mm. year, actually. So, oh, yeah, nice. so I need to learn to say no to married men or just stupid <laughs> men. Um, <laughs> but it was fun when we finally did. Okay, great. So now we know a little bit more about the Queens. Um, and we're going to take a quick break. Um, and then we'll be back to talk about Drag Race, episode four, Viva Glam. <sighs> Welcome to Queer in Love, the podcast where
3: we explore queer relationships through a queer lens. I'm Diego Amado, and in my regular life, I'm a doctor, but I'm not that kind of doctor. I started this podcast because I wanted to learn more about how queer life and queer love thrive, but also how queer love and queer life are impacted by popular culture, spirituality, race, family, the state, all those forces that shape our experiences as queer people across the spectrum of gender and sexuality. And now, here's some clips to give you a taste of queer in love.
4: You're looking at me like you don't know what I I'm. I don't going know what to you're say. gonna say. I'm curious. <laughs> <laughs>
2: We're gonna have a fight. <laughs>
0: So, I never really was able to be friends with any butch lesbians because I was just like, I'm too intimidated and attracted to you, and so I can't talk to you. Yeah, like I, I felt my lessons. root chakra mm-hmm. for the
2: first time. <laughs> I really did, you know? Yeah. <laughs> when she took her beanie off, she just straight up looked like Jeff Sessions. I want to with this girl. Jeff says, Jeff Sessions is really fucked up. Yeah. I remember you farted on me the first night and told me you love me. You're like, I love you. And I was like, That's it. That's
3: how you knew. Cool. I'll be talking with couples, singles, throuples, polypods, and queers from all walks of life. The show will focus on interviews, but in my quest to build a community of queers in love, I hope to incorporate new segments to engage with you in deeper ways. I'm also looking for guests. If you're a big queer and you'd like to come on the show, either as a single or with your partner or partners, go to QueerInLove.com and fill out the guest inquiry form on the site. I'd love to answer listener questions and take suggestions. So write to me at Diego at QueerInLove.com. That's D-I-E-G-O at QueerInLove.com. Hit the subscribe button and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at QueerInLovePod. Don't forget to rate and review. It helps other people find the
1: show. I hope you enjoy it. So, Stephen and Diego. Oh, boy. Um... We um we've been asking this uh, question to all of our guests because we think that, you know, um a little wisdom always goes a long way. So what do you think is your COVID wisdom? COVID
3: wisdom. Okay.
1: Um, it was that. That's it's me doing it. it's like an old It's, thing it's that... Tammy, Tid- Tammy Tidbits a la chaser. you you, yeah. you had to listen to podcasts to know what that is, Nick. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I don't
3: know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, COVID wisdom.
0: Yeah, I think before COVID, I, I, I don't think I tended to my interior life um, as much as I probably needed to. Um,
3: like your digestive fauna? something.
0: Yes, yeah. This is all about my intestines. Um, I don't think that I was like checking in with myself as much as I should have been. And this has been a really good time for just, like, personal reflection and, like, what are my priorities and, like, what are my passions and what do I value? Um, and that word value has really, like, resonated with me a lot, Um especially when words like truth and fact are so uh, – um are so – Uh, just like they're just contentious words right now um but but values are like something that are um sort of infallible uh in a person and you can sort of tell what a person's values are just from observing them for a few minutes um and so for me i've had to really stop and question like what are my values and um i i i thought This is something that I can I can like meditate on and think about and and I think after COVID I think that I'll continue to do that and to continue to sort of like question what are my values.
1: Yeah, no, that's that's real. Thank you. Yeah, and
3: I've also spent a lot of time questioning um, Stephen's values, (laughs) so that's been very helpful for me. (laughs) Um, I think for me, what I would say is find find like a meditative practice, find a thing that you do. And not in the sense of, of meditation. I, I, that's why I say meditative, not a meditation practice. So um, something that you can do, we, I mentioned this earlier, but you know how some people, are, when they do the dishes, it's very relaxing for them. So mm. something like that where you're, you're, you're doing something every day um, that where you kind of, um, something that you, that you make or that you achieve or that's toward a goal, but that's not, Kind of like a it's not a goal in the sense of i will find this kind of job that i want or uh i will achieve this you know capital g goal but rather i want to work up to something just because i want to work on it right i want <clears throat> to develop a green thumb i want to um bake more and better i want to read more books
0: have more sex
3: uh, have more sex you know yes, all that please, stuff God. <laughs> Uh, but also COVID safe, so everyone's wearing uh, PPE and a mask, and mm. it's just like just just a know, whole bit in the front, just yeah, it. bits poking yeah. through. That's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just something that you, uh, something a practice that you do for yourself that you really enjoy, and that um, that kind of removes you from the outside world, and that is really about you developing a skill that you like. You know, it could be all kinds of different things um and it varies person to person but I think that that I think that's really helpful for COVID but in general you know because we often measure our measure our achievements um did I not meet this goal did I not do my new year's resolution but I think instead of doing that especially I mean around COVID that's been helpful for me is is to do that is to to find a thing that I like to do um or that you know removes me from the world around me and you know, for just for the, the reason, just so I can see a change in myself.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's just for you. It's not for anyone else. Yeah.
3: Aww.
1: yeah. Amen.
0: Awesome. You know, I mean,
1: Jesus, my, my, my goal for 2021 is to make it to 2022. Um, <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> big time. Big time. Oh my God. And the meditative practice will be breathing. Um <laughs> Mark. No but thank you so much. I mean it's it's just something that I keep thinking about because I think that um you know we we make it through these time we make it through this time a day at a time and sort of moment to moment. So um that's a little 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 bit of a wisdom tea for our listeners. Ding. Now let's, let's talk about this episode of Drag Race. Now we're we're going to we're going to we're going to dial it back. We're going to go into the past. We're going to put some Vaseline over our eyes, onto mm. our onto our screens, oh. Oh, yes. and the um, screen. you know, lower the lighting so that everyone looks, you know, like they're in HD, mm-hmm. but you know, <laughs> maybe not HD. Uh, <laughs> HD. <laughs> uh, and then we're gonna right. we're, we're gonna discuss um, episode four of *Who Wants to Kill Who is it that like had? Okay, I think someone had a flashback. I think that, that was Diego, right? You were like, I know what challenge this is.
0: That was Diego. Yeah. And I was like, "How in God's name do you remember episode four of
2: season one? Like, that's so." <laughs> and specific. what challenge it was, I, I can't imagine that. Yeah, I, no I, I remember
3: it well. Well, <laughs> so I, I think I, but I, I used to know. I watched every season up until season ten at least twice, mm-hmm. um, and rewatched lip syncs on YouTube and whatever. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I have a, and I remember this challenge specifically because it's so emotional, right?
1: When when um, Angina comes out. Oh. Yeah, big mm. time. Not going to lie, this episode, I think, is when the show really became the show that we watch today because this is a, this is a moment that, um, you know, someone's sharing their personal story, and it becomes a healing moment from some of the queer trauma that people experience um, every day. And we really rises to that moment with, um, you know, a little snackable soundbite. And plays this kind of, like, motherly role. And yeah. I think that the the moving element of it, you know, kind of made Angina's career and also kind of, like, made the show into its own thing. Because up mm-hmm. until this episode, it was, like, Project Runway, um, America's Next Top Model Light. Yeah. You know? Yeah.
3: I mean, if you, when you watch that moment when Angina breaks down, Merle is tearing up, Santino's tearing up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There were real just tears on like, Merle's face. Yeah. Oh, totally. yeah.
1: I was like, I was like, God bless that channel, because they caught every single one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, it was it was an intense moment. And I you know, it's two thousand when did they record it? Two thousand nine, two thousand and eight. Um so their relationship to it is different than say like a fifteen year old now, right? Which is, it's, it's the, the way mm-hmm. that the media talks about it, the way that people have learned about it is, is a different narrative, it's a different story. Mm-hmm. The way that Ruth speaks, she's very soft. So Ruth says she speaks like um she's like, so now we're going to do this challenge mm-hmm. and really? yeah yeah. And now she's just like kind of threatening the queens all the time, like she's very <laughs> just hurt, you know. Right like, and now we will go into the challenge, mo-. you know. It's very just announcerly and intense. And and I think what you're saying about the motherly is that tone. She she's sort of like okay girls, so, you know, we're going to do this challenge now, and she's very sort of soft, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but
0: she's kept up with that like embarking wisdom upon the contestants thing Mm -hmm. like that she still does that and i think this was the first taste of that that we got where there's this emotional moment this like milestone episode of the season um where you know rue kind of adopts that motherly thing that that mm-hmm. has endeared her to so many of us
1: <gasps> also this this is this is a non manufactured moment happening in real time, and it's 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 like right. a happy accident because um you know, i mean did, did any of you really believe that Rebecca was crying about her friend that had AIDS when she went to the bathroom? So
0: yeah the ridiculous. juxtaposition between that yeah. and uh, yeah angina's you know, lived experience um where I mean you know, Rebecca is like saying, my friend is going to
2: die. Yeah. yeah, like It made her friend a prop because she was panicked about the challenge. Yeah. Then, when in the end, it's actually like rewarding, not to say the trauma is rewarding, but you actually see Angina get through the challenge, crush it, win, and mm-hmm. then reveal this.
1: Well, that was the authenticity, right? Because she already won. So there was nothing to lose. She didn't yeah. have to say that. Yeah. And then she did it. And it became this powerful moment of like owning your truth because she's like, How can I win a Mac Viva Glam challenge and then yeah. be in the closet about being HIV positive?
0: Mm-hmm. And not and- only that, but her her whole concept was around celebrating right. life. Mm-hmm.
1: Yes. Um,
0: yeah. and the fact that the person who it was their lived experience was to be HIV positive and their sort of take and interpretation on this concept was to was to be um, like happy and exuberant. Mm-hmm. And um, so I think so often when people like we talk about marginalized groups, like we sort of like infantilize them. We um, you know, we shed tears for them, we show public um, you know, uh, emotion for these people. But um, so often when it's like people in their own lived experience sharing it, uh, it's a very different take on on things. and mm-hmm. and this like like this HIV uh, Mac, uh, advocacy thing that they were doing on Gina, she's like, no, this is I, I'm living this, and this is how I'm choosing to interpret this concept. Mm. So, f- you in your tears.
3: Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, they didn't say that. No, <laughs> she didn't.
0: But, but yeah, uh, it's yeah.
3: about passing the mic, as we've said before, right? Yeah. Just letting letting people tell their own stories, and it really yeah, changes the narrative. Mm-hmm. It wasn't, an, it wasn't, you know, like Chanel's super boring kind of. Uh, infomercial. Yeah.
2: (laughs) I went to the mall with my friend and bought makeup, and that changed everything.
1: That little bit of makeup is how I started my career as a makeup artist and and my successful
2: she taught me how to do sharpie (laughs) eyebrows. And thank you for coming to my TED Talk. Oh, it was such a TED Talk. Yeah. Oh my God. TED TED
1: Talks are focused and they get to the point. You know, that was that was a lecture. Yeah.
2: She wanted to do a TED talk. Yeah.
1: Can we just call out BB for being like the low-key like winner of almost every challenge up until now? Yeah. 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 Yes. Do you know what I mean? Even when she's not winning, she's still winning.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah. She's always stunning.
1: Her runways are yeah. She's always like, selling it. Yeah. Yeah. The, the regal quality that she has yeah. all the way back then has not changed. And she mm-hmm. brings it into everything that she does. And she keeps talking about dignity. And I think that this mm-hmm. is really—I mean, obviously, spoiler alert: she be, she wins the first season of Drag Race. But, what? Um, <laughs> oh, I, didn't, I didn't know that. Oh <laughs>
0: no! Wait, you did? God that? damn it! No, I haven't watched it. Oh, God. oh weird. Okay, hey, John, that's the whole premise of your <laughs> oh, wait, podcast. I was joking. And I heard... <laughs> no, but no, like no,
3: no, the whole no, premise just, of I... this
1: podcast is that Nick hasn't watched it. No, know. no, no, I, I know, know. But I thought I thought <laughs> that you would. I thought that we had already talked about her coming back on All Stars like a little bit later. Anyway, that mm, so,
2: I don't know. Okay, well,
1: well, sorry, spoiler, spoiled. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if you guys know this, but they didn't have Untucked for this... Um season. Right. Mm. They had something called RuPaul's drag race under the hood. And it was basically like it would start with like RuPaul in a like a, a Barbie version of RuPaul. Mm. And then they would show like little snippets of them backstage. And I think that Under the Hood kind of took off and they were like, oh, we should make this into its own thing. So that's where Untucked mm. came from. Um, but I watched Under the Hood for this episode um, to as part of my research. <laughs> behind the scenes Chanel's feeling very defeated cuz she's getting all this criticism she feels like there's nothing that she can do to win and then Jade's also pissed off in the same way being like look I'm being myself but it's not good enough and so she comes really hard they I mean they both kind of come really hard at BB and um and on Gina because they feel like the judges are, like, scooping everything that they're serving. And then Bebe kind of, like, you know, she takes it in a Bibi way, which is, like, she tries to talk, but then if you talk over, she's like, it's okay, I'm good, you know? Um, <laughs> and then um, later on she says that, like, you have to do everything with dignity. So, you know, whatever is negative in your life right now, you need to turn it into a positive and then, like, live your truth. And if you do that, you can walk away from this experience unscathed and I feel like that's how she takes every single challenge right she's always serving you 100% of Queen Bibi and she's just letting you like yeah. you know pick up the pieces behind her
0: and she concluded mm-hmm. the speech by saying <laughs> yeah!
1: so I mean the, the thing that Bibi does so well is she owns her identity and yeah. she markets it right she comes mm-hmm. and she's like I'm serving you Africa but I'm serving you African dignity. Mm-hmm. Just this idea, like she she owns like her accent, her ethnicity, and she uses it as a positive. And I think that like it's such a lesson for for anyone that comes from a different place because, I mean, I mean, so like when I moved here from Zimbabwe, um, at 14 I think I had like some sort of weird accent and I remember like being in high school and people being like can you say that again and I became so self-conscious I me- mm. I lost my accent within two three months <gasps> I-, I think I, I moved here oh, in wow. August and um oh, when I went home <laughs> <laughs> no when I went home for Thanksgiving because I was going to boarding school my aunt was like she's like say that again Oh, you, 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 you sound completely different. And I think that sometimes, you know, when you come to, when you leave the place that you're from, you kind of like mold yourself to that world. And I think she's just such a great example of being like,
0: mm, maybe you can mold not. to me. Yeah. You can mold to me.
1: Yeah. And I think, I think the drag race contestants that are the most successful come in with their point of view and they, and they they serve it back to you, and they
2: and they own who they are.
3: Wait, where where did you come from, Nijan, to the U.S.?
2: Excuse me. <laughs> you, what do <laughs> you mean?
3: Moved somewhere
1: and lost your accent?
0: I yeah. He moved so, here from Zimbabwe, he said.
1: Yeah, I I, I oh. lived in Zimbabwe for fourteen years before um, oh, moving wow. back to the states, because um, I was born in New York. Oh, so you okay? Zimbabwe. So well.
3: It just has, like, a really interesting political history.
1: Oh, my God. It was trash. <laughs> I was... <laughs> well, I said interesting. You would say trash. <laughs> no, I mean, I uh, I'm so total non sequitur, but, like, I was on this dating app uh, literally uh, last night, and, uh, and, like, you know, the question comes up, and then I have to kind of, like, explain my, like, whole life story because it's, like, so, you know, I was you here and I was there, to. blah, blah, blah. Well, no, no, they, <laughs> they, they haven't <laughs> earned it. Well, the guy asked they me, to like, so it. where are you from? And I was like, "Oh, okay, well, let me just write like something short because I don't want to hey. have to like write like a, a, a like like, queen's you know four page essay. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. um then then there was this moment where the guy was like, Oh, that's so cool. Do you ever go back? And I'm like, well no, because Africa, homophobia, and then Zimbabwe's political situation. He's like, oh that's sad. But if you ever go if you're ever going back, like I'd love to go. And I was just like, God. oh like, God, like you just don't get it. But I think it's I think that if if you come to America from a place that like politically or like something was wrong with the country, there's always this like awkwardness and talking about it and then you kind of <clears throat> want to like skip through because you're like no i'm not going back that's kind of why i'm here this is what mm-hmm. america is and here we go <laughs> you know
3: what I mean? like yeah when people try to talk about things that they're that they don't have a lot of knowledge about it's best to say like oh so what what do you know about this place right um, yeah that's how i try to bridge it rather than and if they try to pretend that they you know know a lot and like are going to tell me a story about something it's like okay, how much do you actually know? Because, <laughs> you, know? you know, when you are when you do research, you I think I, 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 you know, have learned a lot of different things, but I don't open with like, I'm going to tell you everything that I know. No, but mm-hmm. I also know how to smell out like people who talk a big game, about, talk like they know something and they don't necessarily.
1: Mm-hmm. So I'm just spelled. speaking of that, who do you think actually knows what they're talking about on this episode? <laughs> because... I Obviously, like... Rebecca Glasscock, she <laughs>
3: is clearly the most knowledgeable of the play. Oh the folks well,
1: I mean, because everyone's sniffing out this like lack of realness. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering what that is because it, it becomes very hard to believe someone when literally everyone around them is like, she's fake. I, I wouldn't, I don't know
3: if it's because I found her fake. I just, I just didn't. Maybe it was the edit, but it seemed like all the girls were like, she's not really bringing herself to the competition. No one knows. She, Anything about her, I just, yeah, I didn't, it wasn't someone that I vibed with. I mean, I wouldn't send mm-hmm. her, you know, death threats, but obviously, but I, you know, and no one should do that. Please. It's mm-hmm. a message to the community. You can't be said forever. yeah. But yeah, I just didn't, was not into it, you know?
0: I just always felt like she didn't want to be a drag queen um, mm-hmm. watching this show. And I think oh. maybe that's what they're sniffing out is like, what is her motive for even doing this? Is this an art form that she cares about? Mm-hmm.
1: I don't know. I think I think Rebecca. I think I don't think she had the the full on skill set for what the show was asking. Because mm-hmm. I just mm-hmm. I I almost feel like the the look that she had for Viva Glam when she was wearing jeans. I was like, when was the last mm-hmm. time you saw uh, RuPaul's Drag Race contestant wear some jeans from the store in mm-hmm. anything?
2: Uh, who was it in the workroom entrance for season one who wore jeans? Rebecca. This is the second Rebecca time she's still? worn jeans and a, oh and a top. God. Well,
3: but I think so. There's a few things you said who's ever seen. Well, she hadn't seen anyone because it was season one, so you know, I think for her, it was you know, normal. And I think yeah. there's some queens of rocked some jeans, Roxy in
1: season five, rocked some some Bell bottomy jeans, and, and she rocked James, them. I, I was it was more of a read on like whether or not this was rocking. Oh, I see. No, yeah, no, Rebecca
3: was not, and also in this episode. <laughs> Jade's denim look is actually a pretty good look. It's not, you know, pants on the hashtag pants on the runway. And Jade, Jade Sotomayor is a hometown queen, a Chicago queen. Oh, I didn't realize she was from Chicago. Yeah, she's been doing it. She's great. She's
0: she's still in great great shape. Yes. Also, she was fucking robbed in this lip sync, I think. Oh my God. Yes. I was furious. I was furious. I was was like, what are they seeing in the studio that we're not? Because it's such an obvious
2: takedown. Yeah, I think
3: it was the producer saying we need, you know, we need Rebecca for another. We need someone
2: bad on the show. (laughs) Yes,
3: we need some no someone that people don't like. Like we need the villain, the villain at it, right? And Jade was just like, I mean, she was shy and she was whatever kind of what they were saying, but she was definitely talented. Mm -hmm. She Mm -hmm. killed that lip sync.
2: Yeah, and her runway was just far and away. So when they
3: read her, I was like,
1: what are you talking about? That Uh,
3: outfit was
2: crazy. She looks worlds better. Mm
1: This is what I mean by like the bamboozlement of the show. Like they, it, 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 like it gets inside people's heads. So like Chanel's like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm serving you basically what I would do in Vegas, and you don't like it. And mm-hmm. I think it's because they're producing the story, right? right. And mm-hmm. and Jay, Jay just wasn't giving enough story. This is a prime example of you're not giving us enough in the interview chair. You're not crying. No one's talking about you in a, in a positive or negative way, like. You have to go. Do you know what I mean? There's, there's some eliminations on RuPaul's Drag Race where it's like you're just not enough of a TV character to stay on the show.
3: But I think this was one of those instances that was like, especially scandalous because it was <laughs> just how, how did you not? There was no way. It was so clear that Rebecca outdanced her. Yeah, there's no. like no, absolutely no way. One thing I think we need to absolutely talk about is Rue's suits. In this season, up until ah, it's season three and four, no, it's just too bad. Oh, yeah, the H and M, the H and M suits, that was a rough. Uh, were they H and M? Boxy. Well, they look like it. Like thin, <laughs> thin, boxy, and shapeless. I think it was. I think
0: it was J C Penney actually. <laughs>
3: yeah, just sure. doing
2: no favors. Yeah, but
3: I think what? the colors are too pastel for J C Penney. That's why I'm guessing H and M. But I could be wrong. Oh, okay. We should look. We should look that up. Well, <laughs> they were ooh. made by Interior Illusions. <laughs> <to tell. laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, here's
1: the thing. They were not custom-made, and I think that when Rue makes the transition from off-the-rack to custom-made, her suit game just transforms. Well, that's oh, true totally. for
3: everyone, if anyone can afford <laughs> it, obviously. He, once she really
0: got that fracking money, she was like, oh, custom suit. There it is. <laughs> now oh. I can buy these suits. Oh, my God. So
1: if you compare, like, where drag was from this TV show at that moment in time, that little snippet from 2009. What do you think has, like, changed? Or how does this inform you about where drag is now in 2020?
0: It is part of the cultural zeitgeist now. Maybe it's just from my vantage point as, like, a, a consumer of, like, all things gay, queer culture. You know, at the time, you could tell, like... Not that they were second guessing themselves or lacked any confidence, but it's like performers present themselves in a different way when they know that what they're putting out in the world is going to gain mass appeal and get a huge audience versus like someone who's like, I'm just doing this like offbeat cable show that people may or may not see. And that really comes out, I think, uh, from the contestants and from you know from the judges too. Um, and so now it's yeah. just like Oh, it's just you know, it's it's this mountain. It's this huge beast of a of a of a franchise of a, and it's um, you know, and it shows.
3: Trixie has, I think it was in an, in an uh, episode, but she says something like, "Now all the entrances are, you know, stomp, 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 uh, rehearsed catchphrase and pose, you know, mm-hmm. as opposed to just like, oh hi everyone, this is who I am, right." Yeah, and the way that they interact with Rue is totally different. Like, in the first couple of seasons, they're just like, oh, it's just RuPaul. And, like, he's great. He's cool. You know, we're oh. down with this. But it's not, like, now they're, like, kind of scared. And he also, because, again, it's part of the booming voice <laughs> now that Ru has. That's, That's just, just what, what like. right,
2: yeah, yeah. Right. think the hosting has evolved. For yeah. your yeah. life. <laughs>
3: yeah, life. Willem once called him, like, the Sphinx in that, in when he, there's this tweet, you know, when, um, when Valentina wouldn't take off her mask and oh, she right. says like oh good for you for i don't know what she said like standing up to the sphinx or something like that and, and you know it really it really kind of i think it's a really good um metaphor for ru's persona on the show because the sphinx is like threatening beautiful mysterious mythical you speaks and uh, riddles, uh, sp- <laughs> speaks <in> riddles <laughs> you know is half lion <laughs> and has <husband>. yeah um,
2: <laughs> i've always thought so, that about rupaul totally half lion so,
3: yeah, so that's kind of like, you know, it's a kind of like magical but like very distant kind of coldness but also like very engaging, very like enrapturing. And I think in the early seasons, like in this episode, you see her just being like, hey, we're just hanging out, you know, and, and the mm. credits roll and the credits are just being really silly to the camera, <laughs> which is really cute. Yeah, um, bring that but back. That's, that's all gone, right? Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's better or worse. It's just, it's just different. And so the whole, the whole show is different. And as the budget has gone up for production it's also going up for the queens like the queens you know if you listen to the interviews that they do they're always saying like I went deep into debt to get my gowns ready you know yeah. to come to the show
1: and I like- don't know if you noticed but like this episode is the largest wig that RuPaul has worn on this season thus far Oh, that oh, look also yeah. gorgeous. The winds you know I mean? hair. Yeah, the, I mean, she looks amazing. But the it, like, down. specifically, like that hair is the largest RuPaul's hair has been all season. Whereas, mm. like now, there must be like fifty wigs in one of RuPaul's wigs. <laughs> oh. you know, is, like she has like Lady Bunny hair. Yeah, um, figuring out. Well, it's styled very differently, but but yeah, size like that size. Yeah, 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 huge. Um, yeah, no, I I agree. I just think I think that when we look back on season one of Drag Race, we really see that, like, for the contestants, they treat it as if it's, like, one of the avenues that they're going to take yeah. along their journey. When Jade leaves, she's like, I'm still going to go after my dreams, blah, blah, blah. And, mm. I, and I was like, what are those dreams in 2009 for a drag queen? For a drag uh, queen. What? Like, mm-hmm. what are yeah. those? Mm. Where, where are the venues that you're going to take this, right? Whereas, like, nowadays, if you get kicked off first, some of these queens walk off and be like, winning was getting on the show the respect for the show has changed dramatically, not just for Rue, but, like, the idea of, like, being in there, the excitement, the...
3: Yeah, the possibilities that are different. I mean, I think Jade, you know, I, it also depends on aspiration. Like, what is it? I don't... I mean, Jade has continued to do drag, and she's fabulous, and, you know, she's very famous here in Chicago, depending on who she is. Yeah. So I think it's... Yeah, I think it's different now, like, in the sense that the show opens up, like you're saying, just a world of possibilities... Mm -hmm. um and now yeah and now you have all the social media engagement and stuff that wasn't really a thing in 2009 right that's the Um, other thing
0: that's changed i think a lot with the the, with the queens of what they bring to the show Mm -hmm. um you know what what their past life is pre-drag race you know to to be known So these queens that were on this show you know it's hyper localized if anyone knew who they were mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. whereas now you know you can come on the show and already be an international star you can be Kim Chi mm-hmm. and have tens of thousands of instagram followers mm-hmm. that watch you do makeup tutorials i think you, you gotta
3: have to off. be right like <laughs> yeah, It's that's, that's kind of, of like the i
0: think yeah, that's right. one of their the cal-
2: calculations how many followers do you have
3: Yeah,
2: and i think i think the evolution of that has been a huge factor in the growth because they're not going to select somebody without any without followers
1: mm-hmm. well Heidi and Closet I don't know yeah, except Aiden Zane Aiden Zane but that's the thing I on every season there's always one person one or Outmire. two contestants yeah. who
2: yeah. are just literally no one well, <laughs> damn. Like,
1: social media
2: wise yeah, no. social that is a person
1: wise. okay that is a person with
3: rights
2: who are, who are a who <laughs> yeah. to most people
1: honestly i mean i think i think we got so much from this episode and i'm i'm so glad that we get to revisit something like this um you know in 2020 where we're where we're talking about what it, what it what the story of marginalized communities and how we can better support them um and um and it's been it's been so good having you guys on the pod we have to bring you back especially to hear that. like how queer in love is growing yes um queer in love is or queer love It's always grown. Oh, Oh, yes. Oh, yes.
3: Um, Last thing about it. I'm
1: going to sign off. That was, you know, I can't (laughs) can't say anything better or smarter than that.
0: Was that your (laughs) mic drop?
1: Um. (laughs) No. The mic drop moment. You need to have at least 20 on a podcast. Uh, <laughs> but, okay, before we go, um, we definitely want to make sure, uh, where can people follow you? I know that we have, like, a bunch of different um, places that they can track you down, but we we just want to make sure that you're, you know, like, nicely stockable or, like, slightly stockable so that, mm-hmm. you know, everything Consumable. you put out there can be immediately consumed.
0: Yeah, well, we're at Queer and Love Pod everywhere on Instagram, yeah. Twitter. We have a Facebook ugh. Um, we have to make that
3: happen more than we're yeah we're we're really, we're really using not using it, it. Um, or Twitter really Instagram is more
0: here's my thing oh. you know what I am a marketer for, as a living and the last thing I want to do with this podcast is like spend all my time marketing it but we need to do that so
3: yeah we'll I will on. say on our Instagram follow our Instagram at queer and love pod uh, the stories are all memes all queer memes of different stripes oh that's, oh, that's um, great so well, look in those stories every day we post at least two memes Check out those memes. I'll be your meme dealer. Mm-hmm. Uh, Steven and I will be your meme dealers. Um, so, come by the, for the way, pod. These, are not,
0: these are not our memes that we're writing. We're stealing them from other people and right. not giving uh, them yeah. well, You're it. a oh, curator memes for, yeah, so the, for, yeah, for the children. We're just
3: passing, passing the product, just like a dealer. Um, <laughs> we, so, come for the pod, stay for the memes, or come for the memes and stay for the pod. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: Okay. I mean, I came out of curiosity, but I stayed for wisdom. Uh, so, thank you for that. Ooh, um, thank you can you put that in a review on Apple Podcasts please <laughs> Just for phrase. sure for sure, we will. I, I, I did not yet review but if you mm-hmm. if you do listen to our podcast or their podcast like subscribe review five stars four and I'll cut you,
2: um, if, you, if, you all, <laughs> if, if you listeners do it I'll do it
1: <laughs> um, yes. yeah but um, thank you so much um, it's been such a pleasure and um, we'll catch you on the flip side
2: yeah, thank you so much. Aww.
3: So normally at the end of each episode from our podcast, we say the name of the podcast all together. So why don't we do that now?
1: Yeah, it's your tradition. Sure. Love it. Okay.
3: Whispering I I didn't say it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that was good enough. That worked right. perfectly. Yes.
1: <laughs> Yay! Yay! Go team! Bye. <sighs> Free spring Hunties is not endorsed by World of Wonder, VH1, Icon, Great Canada, or any of their subsidiaries. It is intended for entertaining and informational purposes only, with both drag race and Canada's drag race and all names, pictures, and all units of trademarks and or cosplays of their respective copy recorders.
3: Thanks for listening to the Apocalypse Podcast Network. For more great podcasts, go to ApocalypsePodcastNetwork.com.
1: And remember, every time you support one of our sponsors, you're supporting the podcast you just heard.